by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. Welcome to episode 512 of the Paranoid School Rock Show. My name's Armour Tijan. Over the course of the next hour, I'll be playing the music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. Back your babies and look at you from their breakthrough album Total 13, which still sounds as awesome today as it did when it came out in 1998. I still remember cutting out the coupon and Kerrang to send off the limited Lost Sunlight Tapes cassette. Going up to Steve's just off Charing Cross Road to get both promo videos, censored and uncensored. Meeting the band at Ulu along with Michael Monroe to find them in the midst of signing the sleeve to the bombed Out of My Mind 7-inch, which to the squirrel and my dismay was going to be released whilst we were both independently out of the country oh the stress but great times uh, as i'm in a reminiscing mood i'm going to play you of the jackson whites by the wild hearts which is the lead track from their 2009 album hootspah uh, i still think that tour to promote said album was the best wild hearts tour i've ever seen and i've been to a few the whole album was played from start to finish with tour manager stokes writing the best of set list for the encore whilst the band were off stage after the main set had finished to this day i still maintain 
that all bands should play in full their latest release. Why would you record a song never to play it live? I think it would also make the bands work harder at releasing even better products if every song was going to be put under live scrutiny. Also, playing unreleased songs live helps them to grow and develop as the original live version of New Rose by the Damned from their debut gig at the 100 Club is testament to. Music Time and the City Saints from Sweden have just released a brand new album of Clash, Sham 69 and Boys inspired punk anthems called Guns of Gothenburg. The album has its pleasant surprises in the form of Mr. Greed that Johnny Hayward from Uber Rock so succinctly wrote in his review of the album, a bizarre hybrid of Rancid and the Kinks. Nail, head, hit, street punk rock, move over Judah and let's hear a hallelujah for Praise That Working Man. The band unites with track opener United We Stand and then divides straight away with Fuck the Upper Class. My current favourite is Life Through a Stereo, which I hope to hear live along with a selection of tracks from their previous two albums sooner rather than later.
Until the unknown album You Finally Lost Touch arrived in my inbox, I had never heard of them. This is a bit staggering, as the band, who hail from Cleveland, US of A, have been going since 1989, and back in the day, well, 2003-2004, they toured over here, which, uh, to my shame and guilt, a lack of knowledge, I knew obviously nothing about. Only vocalist Ken Blaze is the constant member with Brian P. McCafferty, bass backing vocals, Peter Woodward, guitar, and Noah Schmidt on drums, joining him in the latest incarnation of The Unknown. You Finally Lost Touch is packed with 32, that's right, 32 tracks of power pop punk. As for my earlier statement of bands should play the whole of their latest relief live, yeah, most definitely, please. The only problem that faced me was which track I should play. You, admittedly, it's a great one hour and 18 minutes worth of problem. So, being completely scientific, I asked my daughter to pick a number between 1 and 32. Her answer was 17. So this is Annie May. Thor, who uh, I managed to see up at the garage in Islington when they played with Jet Black as part of the HMV Next Big Thing back in 2012. From memory, I seem to recall saying that vocalist Valiant himself sounded like an Adam West era Jake Starr. I thought that I picked up their Beast with a Billion Eyes CD at the aforementioned garage gig. Turns out I didn't. Valiant Thor's latest offering is Old Salt, and this time. I failed to see the Jake Star vocal similarities. Billy Milano? Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, I found the new album, which I was surprised to learn is their seventh and second since Beast with a Billion Eyes, very hard to categorise, which is good, as it means that Van Anthor are trying something different. Southern Boogie, Drill and Thrash? Yeah, closest I can come up with, uh, which is not quite how I remember them live. However, a lot can happen within four years as the band lineup changes show. Old Salt is a good consistent album that once I got over what I thought they were going to sound like I really enjoyed so 
For your listening pleasure, here's Looking Through Glass off the new album. I said on last week's show, on Friday the 29th, I went up to the Black Heart in Camden for the Hit Priest's 10th anniversary London show. Opening proceedings were Flash House, who I first saw a couple of months ago at the now closed pipeline supporting Razor Bats. Live, the band remind me of a distorted gangrene, but on the strength of the three tracks up on their Bandcamp site, not so much. Two of the three tracks were available as a split H inch single with the hit priest the side of which i played last week limited to only 50 copies 25 with an orange sleeve for the london show and 25 with a blue one for the nottingham date that were designed by flash house bassist matt valentine the rest of the band consists of crusty guitar vocals dave guitar and harry on drums if there is any justice in rock and roll it surely can't be very long before Flash House are headlining venues instead of opening them.
that was die alone from the 8 inch and not the Bandcamp site hence the better sound quality well I say that but you really need to be sitting next to me listening it's come out of my hi-fi speakers as what you've just heard has been converted to ones and zeros anyway but at least you've got the warm vinyl hiss sounds so the feeling between flash house and the hip priests were the role models who have just released their second although some say third album forest lawn initially via pledge but glunk records will be issuing the regular version on the 10th of september with the band playing a release date gig at the Black Heart on the same day, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I've been trying to catch the role models at every given gig that I can since I first clapped eyes on them at the Boston Music Rooms back in 2011. In the interim years, the role models and the loyalty sort of more band members with role model archetype Rich Rags and drummer Simon Maxwell dividing their time between the two with loyalty's Rich Jones uh, returning the compliment in the studio. However, since the loyalties are now on hiatus, with Tom Spencer being Steve Jones' high-profile replacement in The Professionals and Rich Jones playing in the Michael Monroe band, Rich Rags and Simon are now free to spend more time on the role models, hence two albums in a year. Go-to guy came out in August last year. Joining Rich and Simon are Daniel, the quiet one, Hussein, on bass, and Nick, the tall, loud one, Hughes, on guitar. If you've had the worst day of your life... 20 minutes in the company of rags he will have you forgetting all your woes the guy's enthusiasm is so infectious coupled with the role models power pop punk songs that it is impossible not to nod sing along to them and then suddenly become empowered the band was certainly up for it with rich earlier in the day posting banter baiting video clips on facebook of him playing basketball and doing press-ups calling out the hit priests unfortunately Two punters at the Black Heart got a bit too carried away, crashing into the stage and into the minding their own business gig-goers. Ever the diplomat, Rags asked them politely to be careful as they were spoiling it for everyone else. Sadly, during the role model's last track, this eventually leads nowhere, our dynamic dullards careered from one side of the stage to the other, taking out a couple of pint glasses in the process and not, as I hope, knocking themselves out or at best drawing blood. It was at this point, Rags brought the music down, asked the two to leave as they were not welcome, finally resorting to leaning his guitar against the speaker as the Chaos Twins were blissfully unaware what was going on around them and escorting them through the clapping crowd to the exit where, thankfully, they were never seen again. It's a shame that that incident became the interset talking point as it did detract from how good the role models were. Roll on the 10th of September, where I'm sure we'll hear this eventually leads nowhere uninterrupted.
So, onto the icing on the cake that was the Hit Priest's 10th anniversary London gig. Now, I can't claim to have been following from their get-go. First time I became aware of them was when they supported the Lords of Altamont at the garage in 2011. And coincidentally, Flashhouse bassist Matt's old band Street Walking Cheaters was supposed to be opening the gig, but didn't, uh, even though Matt was in the audience. Anyway, from there on in, I've tried to catch the hit priests every time they make the journey from their Nottingham hometown to London. The band never failed to disappoint. I seriously mean that. With Hand on Heart, Lee Love, Nathan Von Cruz, Austin Rocket and Joe Blow always give 100% and then some. Obviously, last Friday it was no different, with the Black Heart packed with spasm gang members and casual priest fans. I've never been part of a gang. Closest was the I Spy Club back in 1975, and then swiftly followed by the Dennis the Menace fan club. Ding dong indeed. However, about two years ago, I joined the Hit Priest Spasm Gang, um, but only got around to getting my black denim cut spasmed up with regulation patches the week before the Black Heart gig. A whole new world that only cost me 20 quid opened up before me. I was just waiting outside the venue for the squirrel to arrive from the crowbar. Other Spasm Gang members who were rocking up shook my hand, embraced me with a courtesy, all right, mate, as they filed past. We were all in it together. Halfway through the set, Austin Rocket took time to thank everyone who had supported the band throughout the years, saying that they were humbled and appreciated the fans' dedication, with former hit priests, guitarist Fast Jimmy, taking to the stage for a couple of numbers. However, it's a two-way street. We are equally humbled and appreciative that the hit priests, who have day jobs and families to support, take the time, the trouble and the expense to come and play for us. Let's face it, and to be honest here, without bands that I play on here, and you, dear listener, go out and support by seeing live, what the fuck would we do? Drown in mediocrity? Here's to another ten years of disdain and zero fucks given.
I totally missed that Swedish garish guitar rockers The Pollutions released their brand new single last Friday. Fortunately, vocalist Rock and Rolf poked me with a sharp stick to wake me from my post-hip priest drink-induced coma with an email purporting to the event with the attachment of the two songs in question, which are, in no particular order, Restlessness and this one, Black Friday. Don't put me down today 
let's hang out in a record store Play those songs they play no more Pick me up, don't put me down today Let's hang out in a record store Play those songs they play no more Pick me up, don't put me down today Yeah, yeah Straight on after the pollutions was Craggy Collide and Don't Put Me Down, which is the lead track from his just released acoustic Bandcamp EP, A Swift Half. Ubi Craggy Collide, I Hear You Cry. Well, I shall tell you, back in the not too dim and distant past, the band that I associate Craggy with the most were Trash Town Thrillers, who I'm sure I've seen a couple of times. Once uh, with supporting hardcore superstar at the Barfly in Brighton. Anyway, after Trash Town Thrillers, he played with uh, Station Agents before heading to the Czech Republic, where he currently spins his own brand of tragically tainted acoustic trash and roll. Although he has hinted at a full-on electric recording before the end of the year. If you like what you heard, you can download it and four other songs for the price of a pint, where the spoon's not included. Right, on to a triple whammy of fan-funded goodies. Up first to the Damned, who have finally decided to record the follow-up to 2008's So who's paranoid album via Pledge Music. Strange as it may seem, I didn't run around in circles, punching the air with my fist over the news, crying, thank you, God, at long fucking last. Of course, I pledged straight away for the signed CD digipack, but I don't know whether it's a hangover from the disappointment after watching their DVD a few weeks ago, or the fact I wasn't enamoured with, so, who's paranoid? Grave disorder on the other poor? I still love W and Amen as good as any perceived damn classic. I just have this overwhelming feeling that I'm going to be let down.
after the single version of Dozen Girls, it's the turn of fellow punk stalwarts, the Vibrators, for the band's 29th album. That's right, 29th album. The current lineup of Daryl Bath, Pete, and the ever present Eddie will be joined by the classic Mark II version of Pat Collier, Knox, Gary Tibbs, and John Ellis to record an album of entirely new material, aptly to be called Past, Present, and Into the Future. It's a track from the past. band this week are Sharks. Now Sharks were originally formed in 1972 by ex-3 bassist Andy Fraser. They included Chris Spedding, Steve Snip Parsons and Marty Simon. Although Fraser um, left after the band's debut album First Water to be replaced by Buster Cherry Jones with the addition of keyboardist Nick Judd who recorded the album number two Jabby In Your Eye. Now, I'm not overtly familiar with the band, although I did purchase their first two albums as a one CD set from Beano's a good number of years ago, uh, just on the strength that Chris Spedding was on it, and uh, it was in the bargain section for seven quid. Joining Snips, Nick and Spedding in the 2016 lineup are on drums, Paul Cook, who we all know from The Pistols and The Professionals, with Toshi from Hey Hello on bass. Shocks 
fan funding campaign is through crowdfunder which i'm not a big fan of as it shows the amount of money the band or artist in question is after in the case of sharks it is £25,000, which I then misinterpreted was the amount that the band needed to restore their Sharkmobile, which is was a 1970s American car of some description that had some fiberglass shark's teeth and a fin on its roof. So I thought, well, that's a bit cheeky, asking fans to pay for a custom car. Who do they think they are? Anti product? And promptly left the website. However, last week the band posted a link on facebook bemoaning the fact that out of all their followers only 13 had chipped in i followed the link and discovered that if i read the project properly i would have seen that it wasn't just about restoring the sharp mobile but to help promote the band so they continue as a going concern two items grabbed my eye the exclusive limited edition album called the car crash tapes featuring seven never-before-released tracks produced by John Entwistle of The Who. Along with these newly mastered tracks, the album will also contain rare live recordings from 1974. Then there was the meet-and-greet package for one of their shows, which for me will be uh, London on the 30th of September at the Borderline. The signed CD is only 30 quid, with the meet-and-greet a respectful 25. However... The campaign is only just over a week left to run. It's nowhere near the 25k mark. So what do I do? Pledge for my money only to be returned or pledge and they honour those who have. Uh, whilst I mull this over, here is Amsterdam from the aforementioned car crash tapes. I'm going to pledge, it'd be rude not to. Listening back to Shark's first two albums, I can hear elements of Exile on Main Street, Stones and The Faces, which leads me nicely onto this week's last new recorded item that comes courtesy of those ever-lovable reprobates, The Choir Boys and Twisted Love from the album. The same name that's due to hit the real and virtual record stores on the 2nd of September. Wall Rock Radio listeners, if you're still out there, as the station has gone all Team Rock Radio and is just on continual music, it's 
going to end rather suddenly, but I fear it isn't. Closing this week's show are one of my biggest regrets, actually. My only regret. I never saw original Slade of Noddy Holder, Don Powell, Dave Hill and Jim Lee live. I had my chance in December 1982 to see them at Hammersmith Odeon, but the dates clashed with Hanoi Rocks at the Fulham Greyhound and the Damned at the Marquee. Either that or as a poor student, I was skint. I had to wait until 1985 to book tickets to see them in March at one of their three Hammersmith Odeon dates, only for the whole tour to be cancelled in January. The gig I would have given my eye teeth to have been at was when U2 and Discharge supported them at the Lyceum in October 1980. Pete Coyne, he of The Godfather, shared a YouTube clip of the band performing Goodbye to Jane on Facebook in the middle of last week. Not some mimed top-of-the-pops footage, but most definitely live in what quite possibly could have been German TV. Regrets? 
I've had a few. But then again, too few to mention. Until next week, take it easy and thanks for sparing the time to listen to me witter on. (laughs) 